0: Amen. If you take God's precious word, turn to the book of Proverbs, please. Proverbs chapter 10. William will be expounding verse 6. The title of the message tonight is Blessings Keep Falling on My Head. Blessings Keep Falling on My Head. In chapter 10, we started our pithy proverbs, our single sentence proverbs. And oftentimes, one of the characteristics of these proverbs is that they, they will contrast each other. They'll say something that's good, and then they'll contrast that with something that's bad. For example, in Proverbs 10:5 last week, we read where Solomon said, "He that gathereth in, in summer is a wise son, but he that sleeps in the harvest is a son that causes shame." And so the proverb begins by telling us what's good. That's the sun gathering in the summertime. It's good for a man to gather in the summertime, the crops. And then it contrasts that with something that's bad. It's bad for a man to be sleeping when he should be gathering. So by setting the standard with what is good, gathering in the summer, we can then better recognize what's bad. Sleeping in the summer. And tonight's Proverbs is going to do the same thing. Beginning in verse 6, Solomon says, "...blessings are upon the head of the just." Blessings are upon the head of the just. There's a lot to be defined here, so let's start with the word just. And the word just means someone who follows God's law. It's the simplest way of putting it. And so blessings are upon the head of the just. A just person is a blessed person. And so we learn where there is righteousness, righteousness that is the obedience of God's law, where there is righteousness, there's always blessing. You cannot have one without the other. Solomon said blessings are upon the head of the just. There's a lot to be explained, isn't there? Why are they on the just's head? Well, this is a figure of speech, and God puts blessings on someone's head similar to how he would put a crown on someone's head. The head is the principal part of our bodies. And Blessings on a man's head again is a figure of speech that Solomon's using. When when God blesses someone for doing well, he's adorning their heads with the honor and grace that He's given them, the blessing that He's given them. If you'll write this down in your notes in your margin, Deuteronomy chapter 33. Deuteronomy chapter 33. In verse 13 through 16. And of Joseph, he said, blessed of the Lord be his land. So there's a blessing that's conferred upon uh, uh, this person's land. And for the precious things of heaven, for the dew and for the deep that coucheth beneath, and for the precious fruits brought forth by the sun and for the precious things put forth by the moon and for the chief things of the ancient mountains and for the precious things of the lasting hills. So look what blessings we're talking about here. These are earthly blessings, and and this is uh, being conferred upon Joseph. They're earthly blessings. He goes on to say, in verse sixteen, and for the precious things of the earth in fullness thereof, and for the the goodwill of him that dwelt in the bush. That's talking about God meeting Moses in the in the bush. Let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph. Now, by saying this, the 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 blessing by saying let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph, he's not saying uh, let let the, uh, the, the fruit and let the, 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 uh, the precious things put forth by the moon and let, let all this come upon his head. Well, he couldn't stand the weight of all that on his head. He's not literally talking about it coming upon his head. But the blessing that God would give Joseph in an earthly way, that blessing would be the same as putting honor and grace on Joseph's head. It would give honor to him. And so he says, let the blessing come upon the head of Joseph and upon the top of the head of him that was separated from his brethren. Is that up there? Good. The top, let that blessing that I just conferred upon him, all of those wonderful blessings, let that come upon the top of the head of this man Joseph who was separated from his brethren. By blessing Joseph's land... God was adorning Joseph's head with that blessing. It was God's crown of honor placed upon him that was separated from his brethren. Now take your pens, if you would, and underscore the words, if, uh, if you're uh, back in uh, Proverbs 10, that is, underscore the words blessings, head, and just those three words in Proverbs 10:6 blessings head and just so blessings head and just are inseparable in this verse the three of them go together so let's look at what we're seeing here blessings head and just It kind of reminds me in the book of Genesis chapter 1, where you have time, space, and matter. In the beginning, that's time, God created the heavens, that's space, and the earth, that's matter. And you cannot have one without the other. You can't have matter without space, you'd have nowhere to put the matter. You can't have space without time, because when would you have it? When would it be there? They're inseparable. And these three are inseparable as well. Blessings. Just. In head. God's blessings are somewhere. They're on a head. God's blessings are on someone. The man that's just. The just person. Here's the kingdom truth for you tonight. God will always bless... Those who are obedient, God will always honor those who are blessed. And we'll say that again. Blessings, head, and just. The blessings come upon the just person, but where do they go on that just person? They go on the just person's head. Not under his bushel, not under his bed, not in his pocket where it can't be seen. They go on his head. God doesn't place our blessings anywhere that are hidden. They're, they're put on us conspicuously. Not that so we'll be proud by God's blessings. When you're really blessed by God, it really makes you humble. That so we will bear the glory of his grace. That he'll receive the honor In the honor he has given us. It's a marvelous thing. Several years ago, uh, there was a supervisor at a neighboring courthouse across the street from where I worked. It also was a federal courthouse. And uh, that supervisor was not respected by my co-workers. Uh, Some of them, the supervisor was, but most of them, the supervisor was not. And uh, one of them, one of my coworkers approached me one time, and he had a plan. He wanted to get a bunch of other coworkers together. Now, I did not work for this supervisor, they supervised the courthouse across the street from us. And my uh, coworker wanted to get a bunch of other coworkers together and have kind of like a uh, revolt. <laughs> And try to get this person demoted and uh, have a whole bunch of people stick together and get this supervisor demoted. And uh, this person came to me and asked if I'd be willing to take that supervisor's place if they could succeed, if the group of those men could succeed in getting that person demoted. And it, man, it didn't sit right with me at all. And I I said, I don't want to hurt someone's career. I don't want to destroy someone's career. They're trying to make a living, you know. And uh, so I said, I don't feel comfortable doing that. So that person kept their position uh, for several years after that, and, and the matter was closed. Well, a few years later, I ended up transferring to that courthouse where that supervisor worked. And I was treated very, very poorly by that supervisor. Very poorly. And, you know, just a few years earlier, I was trying to protect that supervisor's career, and that supervisor had no idea did that. No no idea whatsoever. But I knew, and God knew. And now here I was being mistreated by the person I'd been kind to. The supervisor was very proud. And... The supervisor, this is just a side note, but the supervisor had a very nice, special, high-back office chair that used to be the judge's chair. And that supervisor wouldn't let anybody sit in that chair. uh, But themselves. And from that chair, they made a lot of drama, a lot of disrespect toward me, Made up lies about me and caused me a lot of grief. Wouldn't allow me to park in the parking lot where I worked even. I had to walk two blocks in the heat, in the rain, in the cold year round. And I knew I was being done wrong. And I knew that I had done right years before. I never thought I should have done that. I knew better. I knew I did right And so I committed my situation to God, and I put my petition forth to God uh, to correct that situation. And there were a lot of things, and there's no use getting into all of them, but it was not good. And this went on for several years, and I waited on God, and God heard my, my petition. And after a few years, in a way that only God could do, only God could have done it, He unleashed a series of events at work, the likes of which I have never seen. And after all those events had unfolded, God righteously handed me my boss's job. And I typed the sermon that I'm preaching you tonight from that chair. It now sits... In my study at home. That's God. That's God. I have that person's job now. That's God. Never asked for it. Never. Never once. And I believe with all my heart that God remembered that day. That in secret. Just me and another man talking. When I refused to be promoted. At the expense of hurting someone else. And that he later put that blessing on my head in a way that only he could do. Now when God crowns someone with his blessing, it is only right that we bless that person with him. I mean, God blessed Abraham, right? And when God blesses Abraham, what should everyone else do? Bless the man that God blessed. Because when you do that, what happens? You are in agreement with God. And the only way you can bless someone that God blesses is if you bless them by faith. If God says, I'm going to do this to Abraham, I'm going to make him a blessing, through him all the nations of the earth will be blessed, then the only way I can bless him along with God is if I by faith believe the blessing God has conferred upon Abraham. So it's done by faith. The problem is, Wicked people are not people of faith or people of unbelief. They're not in agreement with a righteous God. So Solomon said in verse 6, Blessings are upon the head of the just, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. See how this runs together? And this is the contrast here. Violence covers the mouth of the wicked. And violence here is not speaking of, you know, going out and assaulting someone per se. It's speaking about, this, um, this wicked heart that does not seek good to come upon someone, but it seeks their evil. It seeks their demise, you see. They do not give honor to whom honor is due. They do not rejoice when God blesses a righteous person. It irritates them. Because they don't seek that righteous person's blessing. They seek, again, their demise. That's why so many people hate the Jews. That's why. They hate them because God has blessed them. They may not even realize why they hate them. But that's why. They hate them because God blessed Abraham and his seed... And the devilish spirit in them wants to wipe them off the map. Really, there's no other way to explain why someone could have so much hatred toward Jewish people. The people here in the United States, it, it's really fascinating. You know, they're, uh, President Biden and all the liberal Democrats, they always feel so sorry for those Palestinians. So sorry for the people in the Gaza Strip. And they're always trying every single time. Israel gets attacked. Israel will be minding their own business. They then get attacked. And then they'll win. They'll start winning. And as soon as they start winning, all the liberals will say, Exercise restraint. Maybe we should have a ceasefire. Maybe we should have some peace talks. Yeah, just to give them time to recoup and everything and not not lose. But all of the people they care about in that Gaza Strip, when Joe Biden came to visit the area the other day, do you know where he went to to visit the area? He went to Israel. Why didn't he go to the Gaza Strip? Why don't They all feel comfortable visiting Jerusalem. They don't feel comfortable visiting the people that they support. It's fascinating, isn't it? But the, the only reason that, that homosexuals who these people would cut their heads off and liberal women who they would rather put a, a, a cover over their head and make them walk behind them and, and beat them down, the only reason they can support the people who believe just the opposite of them in their hatred toward Israel is that they're playing different instruments, but they're all playing in the devil's band. They're all playing on the same team. And that's the only way that you could explain the worldwide hatred of these people in this little bitty plot. Y'all ever looked at where they're at on a map? This little bitty slice of land surrounded by Arab people. And they're all wanting to take that little slice of land. And they hurt nobody. But that's why. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. We're talking about violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Violence being that destructive spirit within these. Refuses refuses to bless them. Because it wants to destroy them. Genesis 12 verse 1 through 3. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. So Abraham is not only going to be blessed... But Abraham is going to be a blessing, meaning God would bless Abraham, and through blessing Abraham, the blessing God puts on Abraham, then goes through Abraham and reaches me and you. How is it going to reach me and you? Because Abraham will have a son who 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 who eventually will have Jesus, who will take our curse and give us a blessing. And so he says, Thou shalt be a blessing, verse 3, and I will bless them that bless thee. And curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Why do we Christians bless the Jews? We bless them because God blessed them. The Spirit of God within us blesses those Jews along with God. When, when we look at the Jews over there and we say, Lord, help them. Lord, help them. Lord, help them to come to know Christ. Help them to repent. Protect them, Lord, from these wicked people. And we seek so much. And oh, what a joy it would be if we saw something like Benjamin Netanyahu get on television or some of the leaders over there in Israel get on television and say, We have got it all wrong. We're going to turn back to the Word of God and we realize that we've rejected our Messiah and we're going to accept Him as our... Don't you know we'd just be out in the streets dancing over here. We'd be so excited. Why is that? Why do we seek their blessing? That's God's Spirit in us amening. God's Spirit who wrote what we just read in the book of Genesis. We're saying amen to what God said by faith. We bless them When we bless them, when we desire their victory and prosperity, we're saying amen to God's blessing. And by coming into agreement with God's blessing on them, by our faith in what God said about them, what He would do through Abraham, and making Him a blessing to us, we then enter into that blessing with them. God blesses us because we bless them. Now, don't miss this. God said, I will bless them that bless you. You you, see in this? It doesn't just mean that we say, oh, well, bless you. And God said, okay, well, I'm going to do something good to you. Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Abraham, you're going to be a blessing And all nations will be blessed through you. Abraham, I will bless them that bless you. You getting this? The blessing of Abraham was the promise of the Messiah coming through his lineage. That's the blessing of Abraham. Those who are in agreement... With the Messiah coming through His lineage, through His seed, through Isaac, and we embrace that blessing of God, and we say, "Amen." You know how you say. You know how you say, "Amen," to the blessing of Abraham. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. That's what you're doing. You're believing in your heart that God raised you. You're doing it by faith. Not saying you have to say with your mouth or anything like that. The whole concept is faith. I will bless them that bless you. So when we, by faith, come into agreement with the blessing that God has conferred upon Abraham concerning the Messiah, then the blessing that God put on Abraham, He puts on us. He blesses them that bless Abraham on account of that covenant. Now keep that in mind. Meanwhile, the wicked, while we're a manning and we're blessing, the wicked refuse to do that. The uh, blessings are upon the head of the just, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Meaning that that spirit in them that seeks Israel's harm, that rejects, the the fact that God has conferred this blessing upon Abraham through Isaac, which the Muslims do, and which all unbelievers do, violence, that, that spirit that seeks Israel's demise, covers the mouth of the wicked and they refuse to bless. They refuse to say amen to the blessing God conferred upon Abraham. In other words, instead of confessing with their mouth the Lord Jesus, they deny it. Which is what the Pharisees did. The Pharisees were wicked men. They crucified the Lord Jesus Christ, who came in fulfillment of the promise that God made Abraham concerning the blessing. And violence covered their mouths when Jesus came, and they refused to acknowledge him. As their Savior, they refused to acknowledge that He was the just one that God sent to save the world. Only through Israel can one be blessed. There's no other way. You cannot be blessed. You cannot have eternal life except through the nation of Israel. Because that's where Jesus came from. When we accept Jesus, we believe the blessing God made to that Jewish nation and also to the world. When we reject Jesus, we deny the blessing that God made to the Jewish world. Thus God blesses those who bless them and He curses those who curse them. For in Abraham's seed alone will the whole world be blessed. Now if you'll take, take your Bibles... And turn to one more verse. And that's in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Watch how all of this fits together. If you'll turn to verse... Six, have we got that up there? Oh, we do. Good for you. Rick's amazing. Whoever's working, that's amazing. I know Rick made the slides. Now, now watch this. We're going, going back here to Abraham again. Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. How did Abraham get that blessing? Through faith. How do we get Abraham's blessing? The same way. Abraham got the blessing from God because he believed God we join into that blessing because we believe God. We bless Abraham in the, for the sake of that blessing, and then we are blessed for Abraham's sake. Make sense? So even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, that's us, the same are the children of Abraham. Isn't that amazing? So we have the same faith that Abraham had, He believed God concerning the blessing. Abraham is blessed. We believe God concerning the blessing along with Abraham. We're then blessed with Abraham's blessing. We enter into that covenant by faith. Whoever blesses him shall be blessed, God said. Look here, if you would now, in verse 7. Know you therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham, and the Scripture... That is the book of Genesis, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. Now remember, blessings are upon the head of the just. How do we become just people? We get justified. God takes the righteous obedience of the law. Remember, to be just is to obey God's law. Jesus came down and he obeyed God's law on our behalf. When we believe what God did for us through Jesus, we are then justified, meaning God takes the justness or the justice of Jesus, the justness of Jesus, and he confers it to us. And so now we're justified and now on account of what Jesus did, we're the just. And what goes upon the head of the just? Blessings do. You can't get any more just than if you're made just like Jesus. There is no more just, no more righteous can a man be than when he is made righteous in Jesus Christ. Because no one was more just than Jesus. And so he says in verse 8, And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen that is the nations through faith, Preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, "In thee shall all nations be what? Blessed." Now look there in Galatians three eight. If you're in your Bible, underscore the word "blessed," and then bring a little, uh, uh, bring a line from the word "blessed" connected to the word "just" in "justify" up above it at the beginning of that verse. You see that? Blessed and just. Blessings are upon the head of the just. Verse 9: So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. That's where we're supposed to stop, but I'm not going to. Give me just a second. We don't have slides, just stick with me. Go down to verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. When Jesus hung on the tree, talking about the cross, He was cursed. Why was He cursed? That we might be blessed. He took our unjust life, that He might give us His just life. And us being just, we are then blessed. Verse 14, That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Underscore the word on. Come on the Gentiles. Not come to the Gentiles. Come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Now we have blessings just and on where is it coming up on, upon the Gentiles? Is coming upon their head. Because blessings are on the head of the just. How are they coming upon our head? How do we get blessings upon our head? Who is our head? Christ. The head of every man, the Bible says, is Christ. He is the head of His body, the church. So what we're reading in Proverbs ten 6, we're reading in Galatians chapter 3. You cannot separate it. Blessings are always on the head of the just. If Jesus is your head, then you are just and God's blessings that He gave Abraham have fallen upon you. Through faith in what God told Abraham he would do with Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Oh my goodness, that's so good. Thank you, Lord, so much for your precious word. Thank you for tying the scriptures together and weaving them together, Lord, like a beautiful divine basket. Weaving them together, Lord, like clothing. And Lord, it's they're so precious to us when we see these things fit together. The principles of Proverbs, Lord... They cannot be denied in the gospel message. They must be seen because the one who wrote the Proverbs, the author of the Proverbs, is the author of eternal life. The author of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for not just giving us temporary blessings, Father, in life through our obedience to your word, Lord, as you blessed me in the illustration I gave, that I won't hold that job forever and I'll perish from this world. But Lord, we have eternal righteousness in Jesus. We have righteousness, Lord, that is everlasting righteousness. We have an everlasting just head that our everlasting blessing has fallen upon. And we eagerly embrace him as our Savior. We say amen to the blessing that you blessed Abraham with. And in so doing, we are blessed. In Jesus' precious name, thank you so much. Amen.